Hello, everybody, and apologies for the slight radio silence from me the past few weeks and or months. Um, we're launching a new app, which is very exciting, and it should be done hopefully for April. And we are currently looking at early access beta users. So if you are looking to get involved and want a climate action to-do list for your small business, please do sign up to the early access program on our website. This has taken a lot more of my time than I expected it to, hence the lack of podcasts that have been coming out just because I've been very short on time and been focusing all my efforts on that. However, one of the questions that in the past, I'd say two weeks, has really been cropping up a lot from very different people. Um, so not necessarily the, the common pattern of what I normally expect, but about five or six different people have all asked me what net zero accreditations are, are there out there or what badges can I get that, that show that I'm, I'm net zero? And I didn't really have an answer for them. So I wanted to do a bit of digging into it and just look at what was out there and what I'd come across in the past six months or so and collect them all together. And it's very much, this This might not be a particularly informative episode in the fact that I don't know if this is exhaustive. I'm not sure if there are others out there that I'm missing. So if there are ones that you're aware of that I've not covered in this episode, please do let me know on the usual email address of adam at small99.co.uk. Um, so today I'm just going to talk through the four that I'm aware of as the main ones that do tackle this net zero journey, I guess, in, in some form, and the most common ones that come up. So we've got B Corp which I'll go into in a minute as to why that's being included. There's the SBTI, so the Science-Based Targets Initiative. There's the SME Climate Hub and their work with CDP, which is the Climate Disclosure Partnership, I think. And then finally, there is the SECR, which is, let me find my notes on what that actually means, the Streamlined Energy and Carbon Reporting Framework. So nice and sexy name. None of these sound particularly exciting, um, and I think that's part of the problem with this sector at the minute is that all of the frameworks out there are very dry and very measurement focused. They're not necessarily um, part of a, of a broader movement or net zero commitment, which I think B Corp do do quite well. So let's just run through these in, in order and explore what they are and the, the strengths and weaknesses of each of them. And then if you do have any more questions, please do let me know because there might be something that I've missed here. So the main, the main reason people were asking me this was around they're doing work on net zero, they're trying to head in that direction, but they don't currently really know what success looks like or what they, um, when they'll actually know or be able to put a badge on the website, essentially saying that they are net zero. Um, and I think that's really important in terms of motivating people and in terms of giving people a reward to say you've achieved this certain point after all your hard work, I think is really important. And there does seem to be a, a, a gap or a lacking uh, market for this at the minute. So the first one we're going to tackle is B Corp. So the reason why I've included this is because this is the one that most people ask for or say, is there a net zero framework like B Corp? Or is there a, um, is it worth me going B Corp? So the good things behind B Corp are that it's a broader social movement and it takes into account a, a range of factors beyond just environmental. So they look at the social impacts, they look at the environmental impacts, they look at your commitments and your legal structures. And there's a lot that goes into it, which makes it a really robust set of measurements. The good thing is it's free to get started with, so you can go through the scorecard assessment for free. You only then pay for actually the application part and actually getting the process approved will then vet your business to allow you onto that um, community, essentially. And that's the good reason behind it is there is a social network uh, community that you gain access to as part of that process, which then means that once you're in, you can share your story with other businesses and become part of the beehive, I believe it's called, which I think is quite a nice little name. Increasingly, 
consumers are recognizing the B, um, B Corp as well. So I think there's a pop-up shop in London at the minute, which is B Corp. And there's also a bunch of um, pictures I've seen on LinkedIn from like Waitrose having a B Corp aisle and, and various bits like that. So it does seem to be gaining a bit more momentum and recognition in the, the kind of the broader populace. So I do think that if you are a business to consumer brand, then it is worth you pursuing and it's got benefits there. If you're a smaller company or you're working with um, other businesses, I don't think it necessarily has quite the weight it does, but it's still worth doing, I, I would say. So there's lots of good reasons behind B Corp, and I think it is a great program. However, I do also think it's quite often inappropriate for the large majority of businesses because there is a very large barrier to entry in terms of the cost of applying, but not so much that. It's more the time that it takes for you to actually get accredited and get approved and have all the paperwork and stuff together. And because it is more designed for larger organizations, sometimes the questions might be a little bit inappropriate and you might lose points because it's all based on a scoring system. And those points might mean that you miss out on things that are good just because you're a small business and you're more agile than you need to be. So there are some limitations there, but overall, I, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily, you shouldn't put you off investigating it. And I think their, their free framework for and their free kind of questionnaire to analyze your business is probably well worth having a look at anyway, because it will give you some questions and prompts there. The main downside of it is that the environmental side um, is not net zero accredited. And I don't think this is a, a negative as such, but there are very valid reasons why a B Corp um, organization might actually be increasing their carbon footprint purely because they're focused more on the social impact. So my image here is that you might have a very well run, a very environmentally conscious um, charity that does homeless work, for example, but they've got, uh, they've got a fleet of diesel vans. So the more work they do addressing um, homelessness in different cities around the UK, maybe the more miles they end up, they end up driving to collect donations and various bits and bobs, and that might then increase their carbon footprint. Now, that's not something where I think you could say that's a negative thing for them to be doing, but it's that's where the, the deviation slightly comes from B Corp is about doing good, whereas a net zero accreditation is more about a measurement framework, and it's slightly less... Um, emotional or there's probably a proper word for it but it's less kind of direct to that the other three we're going to look at are far more measurement focused so it's the sbti the cdp and the secr so suddenly acronyms have come into play let's start with the sbti this is the most common one that is used for larger organizations so the science-based tax initiative is one of the most well-respected organizations on this front and it uses the greenhouse gas measurement protocol in fact, I think all of these do in order to measure your different emissions. So your scopes one, two, and three, and then we'll give you a, uh, a kind of a badge. If you agree and, and, and do measurement, uh, sorry, science-based target measurement. So the difference there being you can't just claim that you're net zero or claim that you're on the pathway without actually having materially done a lot of work to understand what that looks like for you. That's if you're a larger organization. Now, for smaller businesses, they do have an SME um what's the word kind of pathway i guess that is slightly different to their large organization one where they 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 have preset science-based targets initiatives for you to to put to, to kind of agree to or to commit to so you don't have to do all that working at yourself which i think is really good it's very it's a very positive and practical thing to do and they also identify that there'll be a lot of challenges for small businesses to measure their scope three emissions and to an extent some of their scope one and two as well just very quickly scope one and two is your energy and transport um, scope three is your supply chain and everything else essentially you know waste management 
it's a bit more technical than that, but that's a broad strokes of it. So in terms of the, the mileage, amount of transport you're using, the miles you're driving, the uh, energy you're purchasing, and the kind of direct emissions you're generating, perhaps from air conditioning and stuff as well, that's all your scopes one into, and that's really what this is focusing on and saying small businesses can typically measure those things because they've got that data to hand. Therefore, it's best for you to focus on that which I think is a very practical thing. However, they do not require you to measure your scope three, but they require you to commit to measuring it in the future and reducing it down, which I think is a little bit weak. I think they've missed a, a bit of a opportunity there. And the main reason I say that is because they are defining an SME, and this is where my real problem comes in with SBTI. They define a small business as anyone up to 500 employees. So a small business with 450 employees in an office in London is being treated as the same framework as your local hairdresser who's got five staff on you know part-time i just think that's 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 the real issue i have with this where that gap is too vast and i think a company with 450 employees probably can start measuring their scope one and two in more detail and and start measuring their scope three you know out of that even even one percent of that frame you know of, of that employee base would be a team of four to then become a sustainability team and start working on that. So I just think it's a little bit of a cop-out um, around their employee size. And I'd like to see them readjust that to maybe having micro and actual small businesses included in there. So up to, you know, up to two, up to 10 employees and then um, between 10 and 50 and then 50 and 250, I think is a normal breakdown. So I think that's where the SBTI sits. Very good for large businesses, very well respected. Can't really um, fault them on that. But for small businesses, they're just completely inappropriate. And I think they've really missed the mark. And it's not one that I would bother looking at. The second one that comes on to that, which sort of builds on from uh, as a response to the SBTI not being appropriate, was the SME Climate Hub. Now, most of you are probably aware of the SME Climate Hub in some way. Great, uh, great team, great resource of, of information um, and is aligned with the Race to Net Zero. Uh, Race to Zero campaign, sorry, from the UN, I think. Um, some organizations I lose track after a while, but they have partnered up with another organization called the CDP, which is the um, Carbon Disclosures Carbon Disclosures Project. Um, I don't know a huge amount about them, but again, they're they're a fairly big hitter in this industry, and I think they are very well respected in terms of their transparency, and that's where they've come into this space to understand that. SMEs currently don't really have the same resources as larger companies and therefore they need their own different frameworks to do. So they produced a document in collaboration with them that is targeting micro businesses, so zero to nine, um, as well as up to kind of 50 employees and goes beyond just measurement. So it has a, it's a framework for taking climate action that looks at, you know, reduction, measurement, um, the practicalities of changing suppliers and a few other bits. I can't remember exactly where it was. There was a phrase they had, which I really liked. Apologies for the clicking in the background as I frantically try and look at this. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so they've got four different, three different core modules, measure, commit, and then action and impact. So I really like the way they've done this. And I think it's nice to see someone going beyond just the uh, measurement part, mostly because small businesses can't always measure that accurately. Having said that, this document is one that I think is a perfect example of why Small businesses are getting very confused, and the big problem in the space at the minute is that this is a 23-page PDF, all in size 8, maybe 9 font, and it's incredibly dense and difficult to get through. And I'll be honest, I didn't, I've not read this top to tail just because it's so heavy and dense, and I think there's a lot in there that is consultancy language. There's not very much of it that's going to be uh, applicable to a small business owner, and I know that if I presented this to most people that I speak to, they would turn off very, very rapidly. So 
I think it's well-intentioned and it's nice to see the small businesses or micro businesses really being represented here. I just think it's completely missed the mark in terms of its communication and its practicality of what this looks like, because there's a lot of guidance in here. There's not a lot of clarity on how you actually start with this, where I think they could have probably simplified it down quite a bit more. Um, and really you want a, you know, you want two pages of A4, not 22 of them. Um, it's very technical, misses the mark a little bit, um, but otherwise a kind of a good attempt, I'd say maybe at, at addressing the situation. Um, not that I'm in a position of being a teacher to, to mark these accordingly, but there we are. The final one that I'm going to come on to, and this is one that I've seen Net Zero Scotland use quite a lot, which is why it really intrigued me, is the SECR, which is the Streamlined Energy and Carbon Reporting Framework. Now, I've not gone into this into a huge amount of detail, but it does look pretty good. So initially, it is only for large companies, so 250 employees or more, or those with £36 million in turnover or more. Um, and it focuses again on scopes one and two and really getting to grips with that and make sure, making sure that you're measuring and declaring your scopes one and two, which I think is, again, very practical, very good. Perhaps a little bit of pressure could be applied on the scope three there, but they do mention quite heavily that the scope three is a voluntary uh, but highly recommended part of the framework where you should really start to be measuring that as well. So sort of happy to give them a pass on that because they're fairly um, explicit in that the scope three is heavily recommended. It's not just a, a passing comment on it. I think the benefit of this framework is, is pretty simple from what I can see in terms of the mechanics of it. And therefore it is quite easy to retrofit for smaller businesses, mostly because it focuses on your scope one and two emissions. And it basically boils that down to how many miles have you driven? How much gas did you buy? How much electricity did you buy? What's your air conditioning? And, you know, a few other small questions like that. So very simple to get to grips with. And I think it's a lot of data that you'll have in your business already. It's a very straightforward um, kind of ad adaptation and extension to the greenhouse gas protocols. And I really like they've got a, a phrase that they use, which was comply or explain as part of the framework where you can either comply or you can explain why you haven't complied. The idea being that there might be some very practical reasons why you don't have that data available and why you can't actually comply with it, which like, I think there's a nice, that gives me confidence that they're being, again, relatively practical with it and being, uh, having a, a mechanism there for you to not get out of your duty, but to really um, do the best as you can within your remit. Now, that's where the praise sort of ends. I think it's it's not really ambitious enough. I think I'd like to see slightly more addressing of the scope three emissions. And I think this is where they all fall down is scope three is very difficult to measure, but also scope three is going to be 98%, you know, well, probably 90% or more of a, a small business's emissions. So I think there's a big gap there to just be ignoring it to a certain extent. Um, I think it also, and all of these fall from the, down from the same thing really on that point in that scopes one and two might be a fairly small amount of your emissions as a small business anyway. And it doesn't really address that fact and doesn't go beyond that. So. I think uh, it's, I don't really see why the SCCR is any better or worse than the CDP or the SBTI frameworks in that they all require scopes one and to be measured. Scope three typically is voluntary for small businesses. Um, and there's a lack of ambition there in getting businesses to start taking, tackling and taking action beyond that, apart from the CDP thing being the exception there. The only good thing about it is it will start if the SECR, because it is a UK-based legal framework from the government and it's going to start hitting larger organisations in terms of that scope one and two measurement, that's going to cascade down very, very quickly. And every business will soon start to be 
um, required to measure their scope one and two emissions and declaring that in order to make the scope three easier. So I think there are positives to take from it. However, to answer the initial question of what net zero accreditations are there for small businesses, ideally less than nine employees, I think the answer is bugger all. I don't think, I've not really found anything on my Googling and just general awareness and knowledge that says there is anything out there that is particularly appropriate or accurate or practical for small businesses to start measuring or declaring their net zero ambitions. I think that's partly because of the lack of data in the in the world generally around emissions, but I'd like to see the, for there to be something, I don't know, there needs to be something that is a little bit more easy access, practical and appropriate for small businesses that aren't, you know, 500 employees. Um, but I'm just not aware of it. So if you do know of anything out there, please do let me know, because this might just be that I've not found it yet and that I'm being, I'm being an idiot. Um, I'm more than happy to be wrong on this. I just don't see anything at the minute that's particularly practical or, uh, yeah, I think appropriate is the key word. I think B Corp's the closest, but I don't think it is uh, appropriate for net zero because the way it works, it goes far beyond that quite rightly. But we need to have a separate net zero specific measurement for small businesses so that they, they can have that badge and they know when they've done it. The only other thing I've seen very quickly is some councils are doing stuff around this and trying to develop their own frameworks, which I think, again, potentially risks fragmenting the industry too much, but I don't know what else we can really do in, in lieu of that. And again, they, they might be quite technical in, in how you achieve that. So yes, a very unsatisfactory episode, unsatisfactory answer in that there basically are no um, technical, uh, what's the word, badges or accreditations or kind of finishing lines for net zero for a small business, but hopefully it'll come soon. You never know, maybe someone that I know will, uh, magically appear it with all of the time that I don't have. Anyway, thank you very much for listening and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers.